Hey, good morning, 24 Church. We are so glad to have you with us this morning for this Mother's Day. Uh, A little bit different of a Mother's Day uh, for us this morning. You know, most Mother's Days are uh, actually uh, some of the most attended days uh, of the year at church on a a Sunday. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I... uh, was thinking about that this week and, and was thinking about, you know, why, why is that? Why is it that Mother's Day rivals, you know, all these other days of the year? You know, Easter's probably the first one, Christmas maybe the second one. Mother's Day can be right there. And uh, I think there's a few answers, but I think, there's, I think there's one answer at the core of that question of why is Mother's Day usually the biggest day of the year uh, for people to come uh, to church. And uh, I think it has to do with uh, the moms. I think it has to do with their hearts, uh, them wanting their families to come with them to church. Now, moms, you could tell me if I'm right or wrong on that, but uh, I know a few of you out there that uh, I know you feel that way, and I know that that uh, one of the things that you ask for, because you've told me this, that you ask for on Mother's Day, uh, is that your family would come with you to church. And I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, and, and so why? Why is that? Well, you know, I, I think that's because moms want what is the best for their children. Um, and on a day like today, uh, when we celebrate moms, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about uh, all of that. I, and, and by the way, I'm also thinking about all the fact that there, there are a lot of ladies out there who, who've never been moms, and uh, that's not been uh, what the Lord has intended for them in life. And uh, I want you to know that you are in, your, in our thoughts as well on a day like today. Uh, I know that days like today are not always easy. Days like Mother's Day uh, can be hard for any number of reasons, maybe the loss of a mom or maybe, maybe not having a good mom. Uh, but today, uh, I want us to uh, encourage uh, those of you that are mothers, fathers, and, and truthfully friends and uh, fellow believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, in the message that I, I want to share with you uh, for just a few moments here. And so I hope that's okay with you this morning. Uh, one of the things that uh, I remember about uh, my mom growing up is that my mom uh, and my dad wanted the best for me. You know, they they always wanted the best. Now, the best didn't always mean that, uh, you know, I got the newest of this or that or, uh, you know, whatever. I, I remember wearing the the generic jeans and the, uh, you know, the Walmart sneakers and some of that kind of stuff, which, uh, you know, sometimes growing up will get you picked on a little bit, and that's okay. That builds a little character in us, right? Thanks, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I know she's watching right now. And, uh, but uh, no, I, you know, you, I think back and, you know, and the truth is, is that they really did want the best uh, for me in life. And, and that didn't always mean having the most expensive things. In fact, if anything, I learned from that that uh, life is not about that. It's not about having the newest or the greatest or the biggest or uh, you know, whatever it may be, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful uh, to not have it built into my DNA to think I need a new car every little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I remember, I remember uh, thinking about moms and moms wanting to, to take their families to church. Uh, you know, my mom, of course, was uh, the wife of a pastor. My father's a pastor, still pastors, and um, one of the things that I remember is, obviously, we were very faithful to being at church, and uh, <clears throat> we never we never miss church. You didn't miss church. You don't miss church usually when you're you know, preacher's kid or whatever. And we didn't miss church. And there was a there was a TV show on 
at that time in my life when I was a, a young boy that I desperately wanted to watch. But there was a problem, and the problem was this. That TV show was airing on Sunday nights during Sunday night church. And uh, I wasn't getting to see new episodes of this TV show because it was airing Sunday nights church. That TV show, for those of you that may or may not remember, had to do with a man named Michael Knight. And it was a show called Knight Rider. So, you know... A man in a world who does not exist, you know, all that kind of stuff. So if you don't know Knight Rider, you can go check that out. It looks really corny today, by the way. Uh, don't remember it being that corny when I was a kid, but man, uh, it, was, it was awesome stuff. Well, so one Sunday, one Sunday I, I devised a plan, and my plan was this. I planned that I was going to pretend to be sick to stay at home so that I could watch Knight Rider that night. I thought, you know, just one Sunday, one Sunday would earn anything. And so, uh, lo and behold, I, I, I saw my plan through. I pretended to be sick. We stayed at home. And, you know, while we're at home, you know, mom's watching something on TV. And, of course, we only had one TV in the house. And, uh, and so it came time for Knight Rider to be on. And I was watching the clock. And, and so somewhere in there, I, you know, I... I was like, you know, hey, mom, can I change the channel? And she's like, oh, do you want, is there something you want to watch? And I said, yeah, I, I think so. I'm going to look, you know, I'm playing it off. You know, I'm, you know, some dumb kid. And, uh, and so I, you know, I click over and it's like, oh yeah, here, let's watch this, you know. And she knew, I mean, she knew just like that. And she looks at me and she says, you're not sick, are you? You wanted to stay home to watch Knight Rider. And I said, Yep, I did. <laughs> I didn't lie because I got caught and I knew I was caught. And, uh, you know, but I, I look back on moments like that in my life and, and, and so many moments where my parents have sacrificed for me uh, as a good mom and a good dad do uh, for their children. Uh, you know, I, very blessed. And I realize that uh, as I help and work with so many different people who, who don't have that same kind of story, who, who don't have, you know, didn't have a good mom or a good dad or maybe either one uh, in some situations. And uh, I just realized how blessed I, I was and still am to have had them in my life uh, and how grateful I am for them. And the fact that they always wanted the best for me uh, I think it's just one of those things, and they were always looking out for me. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and God does that for us, you know? He looks out for us, and He wants what's best for us. I want to talk about that for just a few minutes, because I think that's so fitting for a day like today, uh, whether you've had a good mom, whether you've had a good dad, whether you are a mom or a dad or anything to do with any of that, at the end of the day, this is, this is applicable to every one of us. It is the gospel. It is this reminder of who God is uh, and how good He is to us. Uh, Mark 7. In, the, in this passage, uh, I, I kept thinking about that there was this passage that at some po point in recent past I have either studied or taught from. Uh, and it, it's from the book of Mark. So we just taught from the book of Mark uh, not that long ago before we went through the book of Colossians. 
And so it hasn't been that long since I taught this passage. Uh, but I want, I want to just touch on it for just a minute with you and share from it something that just as I was thinking about my mom and how she always wanted the best for me uh, and believed in me, would have done anything for me and still is that way, uh, at this, this passage, and I had to search to remember where it was and what it was and that kind of thing, this is the passage that came up that I felt like God just kind of laid on my heart. Um, and it's Mark 7, verse 24. Let's read it together. It says this, it says, from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. And she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. So up to this point in this passage, we're, we're seeing a situation where Jesus is, is gone and he's kind of hiding out really for a minute, uh, probably been with crowds nonstop and that kind of thing and just needs, a, just needs a minute to rest. And that's understandable. Um, and then this, this lady comes to find Jesus because uh, she has a daughter uh, who is demon-possessed. So, uh, you know, as you're going about your day later on today, if you talk to anybody and they say, if you had a good Mother's Day, you say, yeah, we started it out with, uh, you know, uh, a, a demon possession story. You know, there you go. Uh, but uh, no, this is, uh, this, is, this is what happened. And she comes to Jesus and she wants Jesus to do something about this. And I want to read that again. But immediately a woman whose little, father, uh, little daughter, uh, verse 25, had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. The woman was a Gentile, Syrophoenician, which means she was from Phoenicia, uh, by birth. And she began, she begged, I'm sorry, she begged him to cast the demon uh, out of her daughter. By the way, the verbiage here in, in the Greek uh, for her begging is one of not where she just begged one time, but she kept on, she, she wouldn't give up. Like she just kept begging, kept begging, kept begging. Uh, of course, Jesus is, is listening to her. Um, and in verse 27, it gets, a, it gets a little strange. I want you to follow with me though, okay? And it says in verse 27, it said, And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, if you're like me, when you first read that, that verse that in this passage, you're, you're like, well, I, I don't even, what's Jesus saying here? What, what in the world is he talking about here? Well, let me kind of break this down for us just a little bit. Jesus is, is metaphorically talking about uh, the, the, the Israelites, the Jewish people. He's, he's talking about God's people, uh, the children, and he's referring to them as the children. Let the children be first, for it is not right for the children's bread uh, to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So the bread he's talking about here is literally the bread of life, the gospel, okay? Uh, and so we'll go ahead and, and jump that gun so that we have an understanding of that. But then it says to throw it to the dogs. Well, what, what's he talking about? The dogs that he's talking about here is he's talking about the Gentile people. 
to which she would fall under this category of, of one of these people who falls under the unclean people, not of the Jewish tradition, not an Israelite, you know. And, um, and so this is, a, this is a situation where Jesus is saying something that if you didn't understand what he was saying, you would think to yourself, oh my gosh, Jesus, Jesus is totally about to blow this situation with this lady who needs help with her daughter. And so she's come to him and she's said, can you help me? My daughter has a demon, unclean spirit. Can you help? Uh, and she's begging again over and over, not giving up kind of thing. And then Jesus says this. I want to read it again. He, he says to her, let the children be fed first, the Israelites, okay? Jewish people, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So this is a setup. Jesus is looking for a reaction with her. And he gets one from her. And, and again, he's, he's kind of, it kind of sounds like Jesus is being hardcore and going, um, no, only, only God's people get the gospel, and only God's people get the bread of life, and there is none uh, for the Gentiles. Well, we know that's not Jesus' heart. So, so what's going on here? We're going to see what's going on here. Verse 28, it says, But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. So, so she's saying... We come, I as one of the Gentiles, we come and, and we will take even the table scraps. We will take what has fallen on the floor when it comes to the good news of the gospel. This is a huge statement in light of the statement that was just made. And, and here's a funny thing. Here's a funny thing. You know, when, when something like this happens, you know, where Jesus is, is having a conversation with somebody like this, one of the things that I'm always thinking about is, is the fact that he's Jesus and he already knows their heart. He already knows what they're thinking. So why have these conversations? There's usually some reasons behind him having these conversations. And he's having this conversation with her because he wants to pull out of her where she really is, does she really believe? And he responds to her and says, verse 29, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And it says in verse 30, and she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. So Jesus casts out this demon without even having to go see the girl. I mean, from right there where he's at, he's like, remote control, bam, demon gone, you know? And, and, and again, if, if you didn't understand, you know, what's going on here in the deal, you'd be like, and you may still be, Chris, I don't completely understand why, why they're having this conversation. Let me, let me help us to just understand just the very basic minimum, I think, which is what we need to get today, of, of why Jesus wanted to have this conversation with her. He wanted to see her faith, okay? He wanted to see her faith. He wanted to see if she really believed. But, but again, it's Jesus, so we know that he knew whether or not she really believed. He wanted to test what she believed for others to see because he already knew her heart. 
He wanted to test for others to see because he already knew her heart. He was turning a situation where he could have just said, yeah, sure thing. You know, instead, he, he wanted others to see the faith that she had, that God could do this work, that Jesus could do this work. He's glorified in this moment. He's glorified in this moment that she really believed. She really believed that there was something for people like her. That as a Gentile, that there was something for people like her. And, and you say, you know, because you, you, at first it, 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 it almost seems like some kind of, you know, uh, racism thing going on. In fact, it's the opposite of that. It's Jesus wanting to continue to stomp on something like racism by, by bringing out of her that she really believed. And then he affirms that in her. And, and what's he say to her? He says, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. Everything's done. Everything's fixed. What you wanted to happen has happened. And it is because she believed that God did this work, that Jesus did this work in her little girl. She wanted to believe that there was something for people like her, and she was right. You know what that means for us today? It means that for anyone, and I mean anyone, who would believe in God, that there is something for them that there is a purpose for them, that God has a plan for them, that no matter how far away we may stray away from God in this life, that we can always come back to Him, that He loves us, that He cares for us. That's, that's who God is. He wants what's good for us. He wants what's good for us. You know, and I think about, I think about verses like Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 says this. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Okay, I want to read that again. Because I think a lot of times we take a verse like this and we just say, hey, God wants good for us. And so, that's good for me, so he must want that for me. Well, I think we need to ease up on that uh, and not, not go too far with making it our own uh, because there's some things in that verse that are very clear to us about who God is and what he wants for us. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So for the, for the people of God, the people who love, love God, people who have trusted in Christ as their Savior, they can know that, uh, that God works all things together for good for them, okay? But for those who are called according to His purpose. So the good here. Is, is it may be different than the good that we're looking for it to be. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes the good thing, the right thing, the best thing for us, and God wants the best for us like a good mom or a good dad would, that God wants the best thing for us, and sometimes the best thing for us is not the thing that we think is the best thing for us. You know, we think, you know, the best thing in the moment could be, oh, if God could just take away this terrible thing that's happening in our life right now. 
If God could do that, that would be the very best thing for us. It, is that really the case? I mean, I look back on some of the things that God has allowed me to struggle through, um, suffer through, if I dare say that. I feel like there's a lot of people that have suffered much bigger things than me in life. Uh, we've all had hard times. But I look back at those moments in my life and go, would I really be who I am today if God hadn't allowed me to go through those things with Him? And that's, that's the understanding, is that He goes with us through these things. Not only that, I want to read verse Romans 8, 28 again. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. I think that we can make the connection, the bridge here in this verse, that His good that the good can be equated with His purpose. It doesn't say that God works all things together for the good things we want. It just says that He works all these things together for good. And then it goes on to say, for those who are called according to His purpose. So the question becomes, what is His purpose? What is His purpose for you? One of the things that I began to understand years ago in my life was that God has a plan. God has a purpose. God created me with purpose uh, in mind for my life. Uh, and, and, and truthfully, I'm, I'm super great at, at sometimes not following probably what the Lord really wants for me to do uh, because I'm so, I'm so self-centered as a person, as a sinner. You know, I, I so desperately go and chase these things in life. And the truth is, is that God, God allows me to have a relationship with Him. And, and when I am truly in that relationship with, me, with Him, He guides me through things in life. He allows me to be a part of things in life. I'm amazed at the ministry opportunities that I have uh, to minister to people on the days and weeks of my life when I'm, I'm following the Lord versus those days and weeks when uh, I'm more you know, disheveled and, and not necessarily not following the Lord, but I'm not really seeking Him. I'm not in tune with Him. My heart is not with Him. My heart is in something here, usually is what that means. God has a purpose, and His good is our good, you know? And I think that that's a statement for us to think about today as, as, as we're, you know, kind of pondering these things. And, and just, you know, I, I, think about, I think about people like moms and dads. I've watched my wife uh, over these, you know, last several weeks, many weeks, uh, become a teacher again. We used to homeschool and uh, and you know that that got harder as time went on with more and more children at so many different ages and things. And uh, we were blessed to to find a school that uh, we felt like, felt like was doing what we were trying to do uh, with our children. That's a Christian school, and we love it very much. Uh, called Jonathan Edwards Classical Academy. A little uh, plug for them there. Uh, but uh, what a blessing that's been. And then in the middle of all this stuff going on with the pandemic. Uh, they've continued to have class via Zoom classes and things. And they've really, really continued to do school. Uh, uh, but that has been with the assistance of parents at home that are there helping make sure that certain things are happening and, and that kind of thing. And, and, and it's been hard. Uh, I know it's been hard. 
And, and just like parenting in general is oftentimes hard, if you're a mom today, if you're a dad today and you're listening to this, listen, I know, I know that there are days it's hard. I know that there are days that you get to the end of the day and you go, well, I screwed that whole day up. My kid probably thinks that I hate them and I don't. I love them. And instead of handling this like this, I handled it like that. And, and I mean, you got, you've got that regret of going to bed, you know, with how things went that day and that kind of thing. Look, I, I just want to remind you of something. God loves you. He cares for you. And He has called you according to His purpose for His good. And we're talking about the guy that sent his own kid to give his life in place for ours that we could have life because he would see death that's a big statement for us today that's a big statement that we would understand that god loved us so much that he sent jesus his son to die for us that if we believe in him he is our way he is our truth he is our life and today god is giving us life and, and I know that for so many moms, I know for so many dads, I know for so many friends, it's easy to be discouraged. Uh, for brothers and sisters, uh, just in Christ for one another, it's easy for us to be discouraged to the point uh, where we, we begin to question, you know, are we doing any good? Are we, are, we even, are we even anywhere remotely in the ballpark of where God wants us to be? And I want you to be encouraged today that what you're doing in the lives of others, whether it be your children, whether it be your friends, that it is worth it for the kingdom of God for you to continue to love, for you to continue to pursue Jesus, for you to continue to pursue what it looks like to love them like Jesus. It's worth it, and it will be worth it to the end. I, I just Honestly, it's just on my heart. I've got a friend right now who's got a couple of just big decisions to make in following the Lord through a couple of hard things that have happened in this person's life. And I can't make those decisions for that person. That's a lot like being a parent. You know, we, we want to make these right decisions for our kids, but we know that as they grow up, they have to be able to make right decisions for themselves. And the same thing goes for these other people that God has put in our lives for us to be a part of their lives, that we might love them well. And hard moments, as parents or friends, or whatever it may be, hard moments will come and go. They will. Hard moments will come and go. But let me say this, the steadfast love of the Lord in us, shown through us, will remain. It will remain. If those people, those whether it be our children, whether it be uh, you know somebody else that God's put in our life, uh, those people will know we care about them, and we want what's best for them. We want the best, and we know that that's in pursuing Jesus. The best is what my parents always wanted for me. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt. And I'm very blessed that my parents, my mom and my dad, and, and my mom tells a story that even before I was born, uh, when they weren't supposed to have children and she became pregnant with me, 
uh, and I'm their only child, uh, they're probably glad for that, uh, that, uh, that uh, she prayed this prayer, uh, similar to one that I've seen in Scripture, I think in Samuel, um, that, uh, that the Lord would take this baby, that if, it, if, if He would allow her to have this child, uh, that she would give him back to the Lord, me, you know, back to the Lord and that kind of thing. And that she prayed. She prayed as, you know, when I was a baby and even after I was born that the Lord would use me in some way, shape, or form. And, and I don't say any of that for any kind of whatever other than just to say, man, just what a testimony of just God's grace over, over us and, 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 and how we can ask the Lord to help us be good parents, to be encouraged, to not be defeated, but, 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 to, but, to, but to be who God's called us to be, to be the friends that we've been called to be, to be the brother or the sister that we've been called to be, or the child that we've been called uh, to be. The best isn't just what our parents want for us. The best is what God wants for us. And He recognizes that the best may not be what we desire, but what He desires. So this morning, I think it's important for us to recognize that it is His purpose that is our good. It is His purpose that is the best for us. And... Uh, you know, the Lord has a way of protecting us even when we're not protecting ourselves. And I've seen that so many times in my life, and I know you have in yours probably as well. Um, and, and I know that's what parents do for their children. And so on a day like today, this Mother's Day, I pray that today that we could not just receive God's best, His purpose for our life, but that also that we could give Him our best in trying to follow Him not out of guilt, not out of shame, but out of what He's done for us through His Son on the cross, that we could be saved through Him and given life, given grace, given mercy, and loved as children of God to be the best that we can be for Him. I pray that for my life, and uh, I think it would be great if we prayed that for all of us right now. Let's pray together. God, I come to you and I just ask, Lord, that you would work on our hearts. Lord, help us to be who you've called us to be. In, in all situations in life, Lord, on a, day, on, a day, on a day like today, obviously we're thinking about uh, what it's like to be a mom, to be a dad. Um, but Lord, in all situations in our life, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be who you've called us to be according to your purpose, according to your good, not what we think is the best for us, but what you think is the best for us. God, I pray that we would trust you in that, to know that you've got a plan for us and that you want to work that out in our lives. Lord, be glorified in us that we too could give a testimony of believing in you as Gentile people, uh, Lord, that there is something for us. Lord, thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for the love that you've shown us, the grace that you've shown us, especially through your Son, Jesus. And today, we pray all of these things in His name. Amen.